Welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. We're so excited about our new mandate for 2020, the courage to grow. 2020 is going to be an incredible year, but as Pastor Jonathan reminded us, it's going to take work to make growth happen. What are some areas you want to grow in this year? Whether you want to join a life group or be a part of a dream team, there are so many opportunities for growth here at International Family Church. We've just introduced two brand new classes, our Fresh Start class and our Healing class. Fresh Start is a class for all those who are new in their walk with God. It will meet every Sunday during the 10 a.m. service, and our healing class will meet during the 11.30 service. Both classes will be meeting in the Fresh Start room on the first floor. What better opportunity to grow in your walk with God than in a life group? Our spring life group launch is upon us. This is an excellent opportunity to find the life group that is perfect for you. For more info, check out these and many more opportunities at intlfamilychurch.com. Now here is part four of The Courage to Grow. Are you ready for God's word? Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, thank you that as partners in faith together, Lord, those sitting in these seats, those joining us live online, and along with myself, we are partners together. Because we believe, Father God, that this is life-changing, these moments in front of us. We believe, Father, our, heart is, our hearts are open. Our minds are open. We're ready to hear what you have to say to us. We believe your word, Father God, will answer questions, will take care of doubts, will give us wisdom and strategy, will help us, Father God, have the right perspective about life and about what I'm going through. And so, Father, we just believe that as your word goes forth, we have high expectation about the results of what will take place today. We know you have our best in mind. You know exactly what we need to hear, when we need to hear it, and how we need to hear it. So we give you all the honor, all the glory and praise. And all of God's people said a big amen. amen. Welcome to part four in our series, The Courage to Grow. This is our mandate for 2020. It's something that we are unfolding, something we're talking a lot about uh, on many arenas. And so we are encouraging you to have the courage to grow this year. See, I believe I know what you want. You might be wondering, how in the world would you know what I want when we've never had a conversation about that particular area? Isn't that a little presumptuous for you to, to think you know what I want? Well, here's what I know. What I know is you want exactly what I want. You, know, you want exactly what the person sitting next to you wants. You want exactly what your coworkers want. You know, you know, you want exactly what that, that elementary school student, that teenager, that young adult, that silver-haired senior wants. Every one of us have this yearning and this longing. Every one of us have this deep inside desire for greatness. We all do. Whether you saw, call it greatness, significance, purpose, fulfillment, no matter how you describe it, Every one of us in this room and the ones watching today, every one of us today want to make sure our life matters, Amen. right? We want to make sure that because I lived, life was better, life was different, life made sense. And every one of us long for this in our lives. We have this innate need to make our mark and to make sure that we're remembered for something beyond average and ordinary and longing to, to participate with something that's great and exceptional. 
Every one of us have that desire. How do I know that? Because God put it in us. Here's our big takeaway. Here's the one main truth I want you to go home with today. We're going to unpack this today. The value of life is not in its duration, but in its donation. The value of life is not in its duration, but in its donation. Amen. See, the the longing in our lives is nothing new. We can go back into Jesus's day and see and read where the disciples had this battle going back and forth. They were arguing with each other. Who was the greatest? Who, who's the one that's going to sit on the right hand of Jesus? And their debate wasn't surprising, but Jesus's response to that debate was, he didn't tell them that they shouldn't want to be great. He knew that that was already a God-given desire. Instead, he was often, and what he often did was he reframed the discussion. Actually, he reframed the entire concept of significance. Jesus used this example, this debate of what his disciples were going through to do what? To to give us, them and us, the secret of true greatness. See, you and I receive a lot of mixed messages in our world today of what qualifies us for greatness. Oftentimes, it's financial independence, and we feel like, if I can just have that, then that's greatness. Oftentimes, people say, well, it's fame, and oftentimes, the seemingly immortality that that it brings with it, and so that would be greatness. Or it's power, and the pursuit of that power would be greatness. So in your everyday life, you may have your own qualifiers that mark the path, your path, towards greatness. You may be thinking, well, if I just, you know, if I just had a good job and my family was happy, that would be a sign of greatness. If I just knew, and and others will say, well, if I, I just make sure that I'm in great shape and I work hard to be in great shape, or I work hard to, to, to have uh, the, the best hobby, or um, I'm the life of the party, whatever, many people have their own markers on what it would mean to have greatness in their lives. So by the world's standards, greatness can be an elusive target, meaning different things to different people. But in the scripture, on the other hand, we understand that what Jesus declares to us, it's not mysterious, it's not murky, it's not a moving target. We have a a, a clear view of God's purpose and plan for man. When the disciples were having their little spat with one another of who was going to be the greatest, they were looking at greatness through the world's lens. And Jesus wasted no time to let them know they were chasing the wrong thing. He wanted to change their filter. He wanted to change their lens. And so today, I want to help you understand and make sure you have the right lens. I want to make sure your ladder is on the right right building of success. I want to make sure you're not climbing this ladder and and partway up, you're realizing, oh shoot, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm climbing the wrong ladder here. I'm not, I'm not living my life in the way that I really need to live. And so we need to understand that he taught them that day and many other occasions a principle worth building our lives upon. So today, I want to challenge you to have the courage to serve someone every day. Every day. Every day add value to someone around you. 
every day intentionally live to serve others. Every day. Not just every once in a while. Not just even when it's convenient. Not when it's just obvious. It's right there. But every day we're living our lives intentionally. See, Jesus reframed this whole discussion. And here's what he said in Luke 22. It makes it very clear. Within minutes, they were bickering, talking about the disciples, over who of them would end up the greatest. But Jesus intervened. Kings like to throw their weight around, and people in authority like to give themselves fancy titles. It's not going to be that way with you. Let the senior among you become like the junior. Let the leader act like part, act the part of the servant. Who would you rather be, the one who eats the dinner or the one who serves the dinner? You'd rather eat and be served, right? But I've taken my place among you as the one who serves. Man, he totally reframes everything. And he refers to this principle again in Matthew's account, um, having a conversation with some hypocritical religious leaders. And he says this in Matthew 22, 23, the greatest among you must be a servant. And then Jesus, using himself as an example, said this in Matthew Matthew 20, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Are you catching a theme here? If we had more time, there are so many more scriptures that I would be able to share with you today. And so what kind of attitude did Jesus have? Well, he had the, the, the attitude of a servant. And, and as we see proven out in his own ministry and teaching over and over and over again, everything came out from his servant's heart. Everything good, every kind of healing, any kind of blessing, any kind of instruction came out from his heart to serve, his heart to add value to someone every single day. See, when some people think of serving others, they often think of people with low-skilled jobs, making minimum wage, right? Working some dead-end job somewhere. And we think that is what we think when we think of someone who serves, someone who's in that place. And, and, and we recognize that that's not it at all. Servanthood is not about position or skill. It's about attitude. It's about attitude. So it doesn't matter what your skill is. You might have great skills. And from those great skills, make great amount of money. You might have a great position at work and, and, and what you do that brings great fulfillment and joy into your lives. And that's part of God's blessing. That's part of you working hard. That's part of you valuing yourself enough to grow yourself as we've been talking about. But you need to understand what Jesus was talking about and the example that he left us is this thing, this attitude, this attitude of service, this attitude of, of, of adding value to people's lives. We've all met people in service positions that, that, man, you could tell you were an inconvenience by showing up at that restaurant. <laughs> Ever been in a place like that? I mean, you thought, hello? I mean, uh, you do want a tip, right? You, 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 you do want this thing to go well. And we, you can tell those that are they're not there for the right reason. You can tell those that really have a service heart and those who don't. What's no different in life in general, we can tell 
Who has the servant's heart? Who's going the extra mile? Who has that kind of right attitude? It's very easy to spot them. Albert Schweitzer, I think, really says it best. He said, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I do know, the only ones among you who will really be happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. Wow. Sought and found how to serve. Amen. See, how true that is. The happiest people are not always the most successful people, but they are the ones who serve the best. I have met a lot of unhappy, successful people. Maybe you have too. But I've never met an unhappy person who gave their life to serving and adding value every day. They always seem to be happy. They always seem to have that buoyancy that no matter what's going on, they they seem to bounce right back up. There's something about their lives. There's something unique about them. There's something that they have this edge about them because every day their focus is not on themselves. Every day their focus is on how can I add value today? You go to work not seeing what you can get away with, but what you can add value. Who are you going to serve today? Who are you going to bless today? Who are you going to help today? Amen. This is a lifestyle. It's an attitude. It's actually a culture. And International Family Church works hard to establish this culture of service. Amen. From, from, from every level here at IFC, we work hard to make sure we get it that we get serving, we get the opportunity to add value to people, amen. And that's probably one of the, one of the many reasons why you come to IFC is because we know how to serve you. We know how to add value to you. We know how to make a difference. We know how to do this. We know how to work at what we know, this attitude, this culture that, that prevails um, throughout the entire ministry, and we recognize how powerful that is. Listen very carefully. When you begin to understand this principle of serving others and adding value to others every day, there are three things that come alive in your life. Number one, servants put service over status. Service over status. Here's what the Bible says about this whole principle in Philippians chapter 2. It says, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Service over status. If you're really going to serve and add value to people, guess what has to happen? You got to forget about yourself. Thank you for your enthusiasm. First service had the same exact reaction. And I would imagine the third and fourth will too, right? But that's okay because it's still a true statement. Amen? If you're really going to do this every day, you have to forget about yourself. You really do. You cannot be the opposite. And so many of us are so full of ourselves. And in fact, you might be sitting next to somebody. Oh, never mind. Right? So we know this is so true. Every one of us have to deal with this. And, you know, we always have to fight this selfishness. We were born this way. We were born into selfishness. Now, how can you tell if you're selfish or not? Here's a good way of telling. Somebody takes a group picture. There's seven of you. 
right? Somebody takes a group picture. And what do you do when you see that picture for the very first time? Who do you look at first? Are you brave enough to answer? I look at myself. Hello? Don't you? In fact, I take the phone out and I magnify my face. Can I just be real? Right? Verna takes out her phone and she's got one of those big phones and she magnifies herself. And we say, as long as I look good, right? Man, good picture. Man, that's a keeper. That's an awesome picture. I love that picture. That's the best group picture we've ever taken. And you never once looked at the other six people, right? They could look terrible, got their finger up their nose, eyes half shut, right? This weird look on their face, and you could care less because you look good. And then when you look at that picture, if you felt like, man, everybody else, um, you know, everybody else could look wonderful, but if you don't, you say, let's take another one. We need more pictures. Let's Let's take another picture, right? Man, it's so true. We're all that way. Because every one of us have to fight this thing. It's all about me. It's all about what I do, right? And and one of the many reasons why living an intentional life is so important, it helps us fight selfishness. I live intentionally every day because I know me. You know you best. And we, I live this intentional life because I know how quickly selfishness um, can creep in. I know how quickly I can always be on my mind. Don't look at me so spiritual. You're probably always on your mind. And we have to be careful. We have to fight this thing in marriage, in relationships, in, in, in our work, in our careers, in ministry. We have to work so hard at this. Every day, what can I do to add value to somebody else instead of them always adding value to me? Every day. Say every day. Every day, what can I do? How can I serve others instead of expecting everybody else to serve me? What a complete mind shift. Service over status. The second thing servants do is servants put, number two, character over comfort. Character over comfort. In other words, they do the right thing whether they feel like doing it or not. It's a character issue. There are two kinds of people in the world, those who do the right thing, right, and then feel good, and there are those who want to feel good first before they do the right thing. Now, I'm going to do the right thing and let my emotions catch up later. Here's what I know about life. Listen very carefully. Life teaches us that all too often, the best things in life, the most rewarding moments, its greatest breakthroughs, miracles, and memories seem to be deliberately placed just beyond our convenient reach. We reach for many things in life, right? And sometimes we just reach real hard for that thing that we're longing for. And we reach and we reach and we reach. And right beyond your reach, right beyond your convenient reach, right where you can't seem to reach no more, right on that next stretch of the reach are some of the most important moments of your life. Some of the most important memories and most rewarding opportunities, but they're not convenient. See, many of us don't like being inconvenienced. I get it. I, I like order. 
I get it. I, 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 my routine is very important to me. I get that, that, I, that my success in life really depends upon my routines and doing them well and being consistent. I'm very level and I'm not a yeller and a screamer and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm very consistent. Work hard uh, at making sure consistency uh, we know is the place of power. It's, it's important, but we have to be so careful that, that we don't want to be inconvenienced. And why is that? I believe what, the reason why the greatest rewards are protected by inconvenience is because the inconvenience ensures that only those who really want to make a difference in the lives of others will be granted entry into where those rewarding moments happen. I believe God does it on purpose. I believe God does it on purpose. It's not just for anybody. If those rewards were just for anybody, those rewards of going the second mile, those rewards of doing the extra effort, those rewards of doing something that you're not even paid to do, you're, you're with your clients or with people or the people you work with or people in your neighborhood and the thoughtfulness and, and, the, and the little extra that you do that makes companies great and families great and churches great, right? That little something that maybe is not even in your job description, but you do it anyways, See, it's only for those who really want to make a difference, who really want to get beyond themselves and reach to what's inconvenient. That's why those rewards are only available to those who really want them. Because frankly, some people just don't want them because they don't want to be inconvenienced. But it's character over comfort. See, when you are a person of character, you recognize even if anybody watches or even if it doesn't show up on my performance raise of what it is, I'm telling you, it makes every difference in the world. And will you have the courage to be inconvenienced this year? Will you have the courage to serve and add value this year? Will you realize that really when you do go that extra mile, people are watching. You go that extra mile, you'd be surprised that who catches you going that extra mile? Who, who opens the door and the favor and the blessing? You want to make more money this year? Make sure you have service over status. You want to make more money this year? Make sure you have character over comfort. And you want to make more money? Because here's what the third thing that servants do. Um, servants put we over me. They put we over me. Servants think and see the big picture. Servants see the broad spectrum. They're not just seeing the task. They're not just seeing the moment. They're just seeing this, the test, the trial, the storm. They have a, a concept that's so much larger and so much bigger. They are others-minded. See, servants, listen, servants are all about adding value to others. You need to listen carefully. Everybody walk, look up here. Listen. No matter where they are, and who they are. Here's where the courage comes in. Can you serve someone different than you? Can you add value to somebody who has a whole different view of marriage or life or politics or money or whatever it is in their lives? Can you still add value where they're not in your community? They're not where you live. They're not where you um, uh, work. See, that's the real key. Jesus was able to serve people no matter where they were or who they were. 
Now, this separates the men from the boys right now. This separates the, the women from the girls. This separates the people that are followers of Christ out of convenience and followers of Christ out of conviction. Come on. Amen. And this is really what sets people apart in life. Amen. Jesus himself was the first person to start a revolution against selfishness. He was the perfect example of how you should live and serve. When he served, hurting people were restored. When he served, sick people got healed. When he served, bound people got set free and confused people found answers and accused people found forgiveness and rejected people found a home. Didn't matter to Jesus where they were. Didn't matter to Jesus who they were. Didn't matter that, that, that anybody else thought differently, that you can't go to people like that as we see in the Bible. He served them all with the same selfless love. And how did he qualify for that? Hebrews chapter 2 shows us, verse 17. This is why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself, all the pain, all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. Wow. That's how he became our high priest. And he became the perfect high priest for us. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way so he could fully experience the human condition, the human experience, and able to intercede for every one of us. He already knows what you're going through. He understands your plight right now. Don't ever think, oh, he can't relate. Don't ever think that he doesn't understand. That's such a lie. Such a lie. He became one of us. He experienced everything there was to experience without committing the sin. And so that's why he's the perfect high priest. That's why when you go to him, he hears you. And not only does he hear you, he gets you. You got friends that don't get you. It's frustrating, wasn't it? You got, you got a spouse maybe that doesn't get you. You got people on the job that don't get you. But Jesus gets you. Amen. He gets you when nobody else seems to get that mood or get that fear or get that doubt or get that thing that just kind of is messing you up in your mind today. Thank God Jesus gets you. He understands it. He really, really does. And he knows how to help. And he knows how to perfect that which concerns you. He lived among us. He ministered among us. He was involved in every aspect of human life. He was one of us, yet he did not sin. All right, let's bring this home. How does this translate to us as partners and friends of IFC? See, this selfless heart attitude must be an expression of our lives every day. It's not something to be compartmentalized. It's only what happens in church or on a missions trip or at a charity event, or on a serve day. Man, we all serve up. We all show up with our servant's heart on that one-week, 10-day mission strip. We always have that servant's heart at that serving at that, 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 that event, you know, for AIDS or breast cancer or whatever worthy cause that we might be involved with. Absolutely. Or a serve day where we're, you know, helping our neighbors for that one day. We have to live it in everything we do, in everywhere we go. We have to quit compartmentalizing our lives. This can't be a Sunday morning experience. 
This has to be something we do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And on Sunday, we get refilled again. On Sunday, we'll check your oil, put air in your tires, put some gas in your tank, clean off your windshield, right? Give you a Simonized job on your car, on your, and then go your way. Why? To get out there and make a difference in this world. That takes courage every day to not make it a church thing, to not make it an IFC thing, to not make it a thing where we know where to raise our hands and when to shout amen. It can't be that, amen. We have all realized that, that we're all just people, amen. And our value is measured by how much God loves us. We have to place that same value on everyone, no matter where they are or who they are. Here's a perfect example in Leviticus 19.33. This stretches people. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you are foreigners in Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. That's one of 90-some scriptures in the Old Testament that, that refers to the foreigner, the stranger in our land, the immigrant in our land. I tell you what, I love pastoring immigrants. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I absolutely do. I love loving all people. Amen. Uh, absolutely. But there's just something about recognizing that we all matter. We all matter. And wherever you're the weakest in, you need to start having some courage to love people that are different than you. To love people, you might have to ask several times, what did you say? <laughs> what? I didn't quite understand what you said. And be patient, right? And listen and learn about their story and learn about their struggle and learn about life because that'll make you such a wide range person, a person who is so well-rounded. Amen. I can't, I, I can't tell you how many texts and emails I get when I made that statement years ago that we believe for green cards here at IFC. Right? Now, if you don't need a green card, you have no clue what that means. Right? If you were born here, you have no clue of the challenge and the struggle and the fear and the anxiety that that produces. Amen. I didn't get it. I don't understand that until I start pastoring International Family Church. And my whole perspective about life, immigration, I'm not going to go there today, right? It's not about politics. I'm not trying to make this political. I'm trying to help you understand this is God's way. Why? Because God loves us all the same. Listen so very carefully. This next statement is going to blow your mind. If his love is not the same for all of us, then his love is for none of us. If his love is not the same for all of us, then his love is for none of us. I've asked the Lord years ago. And ever, I continually say, Lord, help me love people that are different than me. Different than a white, Italian, European, who's lived a good life and had great parents, father who was actively involved. There's a lot that I can't relate to unless I just say, Lord, I want to understand. I need to be trained. I need to be aware 
I need not only self-awareness, I need to be aware of my surroundings. I need to be aware of what other people are dealing with. And you have to put yourself in that same situation. Don't be a spoiled white person. Don't be a spoiled whatever person. I'm a lot tougher on you than I was in the first service. Holy cow. All right. Takes courage, doesn't it? Here's the bottom line. I got to quit. I'm starting to meddle. God has given each of us gifts so we can intentionally use those gifts to serve and add value to others every day. You say, Pastor, how do I do this? How do I do this? God's given you a set of gifts. It's your responsibility to develop them. If you'll use those gifts, that's what God uses. That's what God uses to add, help you add value to people. What are your gifts? Are they dormant? Are they active? Are you using them? Are you actually involved in using that gift? You see, he gives us those gifts so that we can intentionally serve and add value with people every single day. I have a set of gifts. I work on those gifts every day. I work hard on my gifts. I want to improve on my gifts. Even though I've been doing this a long time, I want to make sure that I continually grow in these gifts. Why? Because these gifts God's given me, that's what I use to make sure I add value to you, that I serve you, that I'm in that place. Relationships only work when we serve each other. Marriage works when we serve each other. Friendships work when we serve each other. Dream teams work when we serve each other. Life groups work when we, work when we serve each other. Today is Life Group Sunday. We're launching upstairs. I want to encourage you to get upstairs. Vern and I will be greeting upstairs today. I want to make sure you get up there and see how many amazing life groups there are. There are members and partners of IFC that are serving you in a life group, that desire to add value to you in a life group. And so they are going to be ready to do that. And when you join that group, you add your value to that life group. You add your service to that life group. Amen. And that's why it's so important to us. And we understand that when we do this every single day, our lives will never be the same. Jesus lived this way. And if it was good enough for my Savior, guess what? It's good enough for this little Italian. Amen. What's our big takeaway today? What was it? The value of life is not in its duration, but it's in its donation. I want to live a long life? Absolutely. Just like you do. But I don't want to live a long life just to live a long life. I want to live a long life and make sure I made my mark. Make sure that I contributed my donation. Last question today. How's your level of donation? Are you donating? Are you giving back? Are you making a difference? Does your life matter? I'm telling you, if we live our lives every day and wake up that way, we'll have less depression, less suicidal thoughts, less feeling sorry for ourselves, less pity parties. Come on, somebody. Right? Oh, I understand there are conditions that people deal with, and I'm not at all trying to be unkind. I'm not. But I'm trying to say there'd be so many things that would just not exist in our lives if we just learn every day to value someone else, to serve someone else, be a blessing to someone else, and make sure that if your donation level has been minimal to none, it can change today by making up your life, your mind, right? 
Jesus lives in me. His nature is in me. And I'm going to be from this day forward, his hands, his feet, Jesus with some flesh on it, his eyes, his ears, his mouthpiece for the honor and glory of God. That takes courage. And we'll have that courage to grow this year. You watch and see what God will do for you. Amen. When you make up your mind, I am doing a much better job at serving others than I've ever done before. In Jesus' name. Did you learn something today? Come on, stand with me, please. Thank you, Father. As we close this service, why don't you just raise your hands towards heaven today? Just honor him for just a few moments. Just tell the Lord you love him today. Or you've been selfish to say, Lord, forgive me for my selfishness. I, 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 I know, I know I can do a much better job. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you for helping me discover my set of gifts. Those things that are, that are innate to me. Those things that come easy to me. Those things that are, are valuable to me. To use them to intentionally bless my world and make a difference everywhere I go. So Father, we raise our hands and surrender to you today. We thank you, Father God, that we'll be doers of your word today. We won't be forgetful hearers. We'll be doers of your word today. And in being doers of your word, we'll build our house upon a solid foundation so that when the storms come, when those thoughts come, when those things try to undermine our faith, they won't be successful because we built our house on a solid foundation of doing, hearing and doing God's word every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.